Hello everyone and welcome to the new series of Coding Institute podcasts, Catching Coders. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. I'm a careers counsellor and the careers content executive here at Code Institute and I'm going to spend my time picking the brains of some of our wonderful students, alumni and even staff. I'm passionate about helping people explore their curiosity and I'm a huge advocate for positive, focused personal development and career well-being. I hope to create a positive, friendly and career-focused environment here that helps listeners relate and benefit from this career content. Career changers can tune in and use these stories to feel part of a community that are making similar decisions and have found solutions here at Code Institute. The journey of change and decision-making can be made much easier through hearing from those in similar positions, working through change and overcoming the obstacles that seem so daunting when you're facing them head-on. We want to help turn that doubt into motivation and success, especially as career changers. We are going to be joined by a host of guests over the next couple of weeks who will share their stories, tips, journeys and insights into their lives during the diploma, after Code Institute and their new life after taking the plunge. Thanks for tuning in and if you have any feedback, suggestions or even want to volunteer yourself to come on for a chat, please feel free to pop me a message on Slack. So I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, John Gill. John is probably familiar to a lot of you. Uh, He's still very active on our Slack community and has actually popped up on an alumni seminar before. Um, John has a great story that I felt it was only right to grill him a bit more and hear all about his success since graduating. So John, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi there, I'm John. Um, I work as a senior software implementation consultant at Genesis. I'm originally from Sheffield in the UK. Uh, I moved to Dublin um, just over eight years ago, uh, and I'm 51 years young. Very good. Thank you, John. And thanks again for coming on. You know, I really appreciate your time. And no problem. you are a very busy man, so we will um, we will definitely appreciate this one. Um, so, John, the way we're kind of going to talk today is, I'm sure if you've listened to one of the podcasts before, we kind of have a bit of a structure. So we'll talk to you a little bit about your life before the diploma first, then we'll talk about your time during the diploma, and then, of course, life after your job now and how you're getting on. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. No problem. Perfect. So my first question to you, John, is before becoming a coder, what was your job slash profession? Yeah, so previously I worked um, for probably around 20 years in um, in retail buying and um, product sourcing, mainly in the sporting goods sector. That involved, I was either buying from, say, branded vendors, so um, things like Nike, Adidas, Reebok, those, those kind of brands. But also I was able to source uh, my own products from the Far East. Very good. Was that was something that you've done? You said that you done that for about 20 years, was it? Yeah, so my first degree um, was in marketing. And I was always into kind of like, you know, trainers and sport, you know, I played most sports. So um, I kind of fell into the buying office um, Mm. in the UK. And I I was actually started off working out on the um, sort of sport sports equipment. So, you know, rackets and golf clubs and that kind of stuff and fitness equipment. And then, Mm. and then I moved across into, into buying and I was actually buying sports footwear. So it was at the time kind of a dream job. Yeah. (laughs) oh brilliant and like I suppose it kind of leads me nicely to my next question is like what spurred your decision to change careers like what made you realize you wanted and and needed a change when like you said that was the perfect career for you at the time you know you felt like it was the dream job yeah well I think I think I always felt that I fell into it because although I you know I was into that kind of thing I, I didn't really know anything about you know how how retailers get product to market or anything like that mm. um and obviously with the growth of e-commerce, 
it meant that I was involved in a lot of sort of digital projects where it might have been, you know, a branded landing page within our website. And obviously bearing in mind when I did my first degree, dialogue was new. Do you know what I mean? So um, so it just meant that as, as kind of e-commerce grew and then as products got more and more and, you know, brands became more and more sophisticated, they wanted to capture attention more on websites and you know, I was involved in a lot of projects, so I got got a lot of exposure to, mm. you know, kind of how that is is done. So I kind of really got interested in, in that then. And then when I moved to Ireland, there just weren't the opportunities in, in what mm. I did before. Um, a lot of buying done internationally. So, for instance, when I was in the UK, I would buy for Irish stores, so there'd be no buying office here. Yeah. Um. So kind of the, the lack of opportunity meant that you know I was probably rethinking of what I was going to do and mm. um, and kind of in the meantime I did a, a digital design and technology degree uh, a BSc mm. uh, through DIT um, and the final project for that was um, we delivered um, for an industry partner we delivered an app that was for an installation a CCTV installation company mm. Um and I worked very, I mean, I was in a project management role because I had no coding experience, but I worked very closely with the with the coders to to deliver the features. And obviously then my, you know, my interest was really peaked then. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of started doing a little bit online myself with, you know, just learning, you know, Googling what should I learn to, mm. to get into into, into development. Um, but you know, you could ask a hundred people and they give you a hundred answers. So yeah. it, it was very difficult to make any progress. So yeah, so um and then I remember going to a careers fair and and talking to Code Institute. But I think at the time the, the format of the course was slightly different and it just didn't really suit my life at the time. Yeah. So so I didn't kind of move forward at that point. Mm. Um, and then just as time went on, um I kind of circled back when you know, I, when I saw that there was an opportunity to do it online. Mm. Um, and then I remember talking to Vinny, who's a bit of a legend. <laughs> um, and, you know, and obviously I had concerns because I'm probably, you know, a bit older than the average um, switcher. Um, I, you know, I think I said to him, I didn't want to be the the oldest coder in the West. Mm. And um, But he said, obviously, a lot of the soft skills I've got from my previous career would be important for me going forward. Yeah. Yeah, so and then I did the five day challenge, and then the rest is history, really. Yeah, it's 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 nice um to hear kind of the way you had like that little bit of exposure, and that kind of started the interest. And it was it was probably an easier decision for you than a lot of people because you had that bit of exposure, and you were like, oh no, like I know that this is yeah totally where I want to go next, you know. So it wasn't too much of a leap. And like another thing you brought up there was your age, which comes up so often. Like people are always like oh god am I like too old to do this or you know am I are they hiring younger people and it's not the case at all like I think people get more in their head about that than anything um so I'm glad you brought it up because obviously you felt like you're going to be the oldest coder in the west I think it's the phrase you used yeah 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 <laughs> but well, yeah, you know it is a concern yeah because you know shifting career is is a risk yeah of, you know there's risks in everything but it, it is a risk and obviously I mean I was get I was coming up against that when I I remember I had an interview with a large retailer in Ireland mm. and they told me I was quote unquote overqualified, which, you know, reading between the lines is yeah. you're probably you're probably a bit old and, and too too experienced for, for what we need for this, you know, and they right. don't want to invest. 
they don't want to invest in you from a training point of view. Yeah. Um, only for you to then maybe get bored and move on mm. uh, or or whatever, or you, if you're not progressing at the pace that you want to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a concern, but um, mm. I think I think for me it was more, I'd always had it in the back of my head that I'd fallen into the previous career, although it, it did suit me because I had an interest there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, equally I've now made the decision that, I had an interest in tech, you know, I always used to take things apart when I was a kid and that kind of stuff. So I was always, how do things work and that kind mm. of stuff. Um, but it feels more that I'd made this, I'd made this choice. Um, so, you know, that's why I've gone, you know, full, full steam ahead with it. Yeah. Well, look, all, like nothing has stopped you so far, you know, like uh, we'll get into it a bit more later, but like, I always find your job punt and, and how it went out I always find your story fascinating that way but I won't put any spoilers in for anyone yet okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose my next question to you John is what made you choose Cut Institute I know you said that you kind of met them on the career fair it didn't really suit you and then kind of the five-day coding challenge happened but like what was like I know you were looking online and stuff so what made Cut Institute stand out for you I suppose I think it's probably two areas. One was the the fact that the syllabus is industry informed mm. because, you know, I think that may be a concern for people that are you learning the right languages, are you learning the right frameworks mm. um, that are going to be demand, you know, in demand in the market. And then it was also the, it was the career support because I, the previous course I did, the BSc, it was, there was a little bit of, kind of career help afterwards but mm. it wasn't as there was it was no way as visible as code institute is and it, it was the career support because i remember discussing it with my wife and she she pulled that out as a as the you know a big determining factor that is the mm. support yeah um because you know t- to be honest without it uh, i'm not sure i would have landed the first role so mm. Yeah, and it's it's funny you say that. Like I done my degree as well, and in the university that I was in, like like that, there's a little bit of career support, but it is nothing like what's provided. Cut into, and I'm not I'm not saying that because I'm on the career <laughs> team. I swear, I remember being shocked when I started working here that there was that level of support and that it was so constant. Yeah. And, and you know refreshed all the time and it's something I think should be a given in colleges and you know no matter what level of a degree you're doing that it should like you you handed the piece of paper and then it's like okay that's the hard part done but I still have to figure out how to articulate myself in this new degree that I have you know all these things that make you panic and make you put it on the long finger and it just having someone there to kind of point you in the right direction or just make it seem a little bit daunting it makes all the difference like it really does no, it does. Yeah. I mean, like I say, um, I was attracted to that because of having the previous experience with, with the, the previous BSc, but then, mm. you know, chatting to other people and then, you know, obviously my wife in particular, yeah. cause, cause, you know, cause obviously it is, it is a financial outlay, you mm. know, there's no, no getting away from that. And, you know, we both felt that that was a standout that there was the level of career support um, available. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, you've been through the program. Um, and for what you remember, how did you find it? Like, were you tripped up at any point, or you know, what were your highs and lows of the diploma? Well, I would think probably in common with most people, the the low is when you get onto JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is kind of a common theme. Yeah, at yeah. Because yeah. kind of early on, you kind of 
you know, you know, I'd done little bits of HTML, you know, mm. in a previous job, we used to have to, you know, list products on the website using um, HTML tags. So I'd kind of done a little bit of that and, you know, I built, built a website for when we got married because we got married in Ireland and obviously on my side of the party were mainly from the UK. Mm. So, so yeah, so I'd kind of tinkered a little bit and, you know, the five day challenge gave you a flavor of, mm. you know, layout and, and styling and stuff like that. But then obviously you're doing the first project, the first kind of um, logic, you know, proper programming language in, Java, in JavaScript. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of a cliff face kind of push through it. And, uh, and, you know, I think, I think knowing everybody struggles with it is, is, it's something yeah. to take from it and you know that you're not alone in the fact that it's it's hard there's no getting away from it because mm. it's there's a lot of gotchas in it and you know my javascript's much better now I'm kind of you know working in a role but still yeah there's still there's still aspects of it that I, I don't know or, or understand fully mm. but um but you just accept that it's a, an evolving evolving thing but yeah and then I think you know I mean I did you know, if anybody wants to talk to somebody that how not to go through the course, then come and talk to me because <laughs> you know we had a we had a home res- renovation done. Um, our daughter was born, um, all that kind of stuff, and then obviously the pandemic hit. So um, yeah, all that rolled into one, and you know homeschooling and you know just the weirdness of, of lockdown meant that you know twenty twenty. You know, I graduated at the end of twenty twenty, and yeah. you know it felt like felt like five years. Mm. um so so yeah I mean it, it just meant that when when I moved into the career piece that you know the career supports I I got to it late because I'd already finished yeah um, so I was kind of catching up mm. um and you don't want to you don't want to do that you want to you know do do this you know kind of engage with you guys early yeah you know, whenever I think I think it's after MS2 that you can yeah you know reach out and have your session and then um start changing over your LinkedIn because obviously mm. my LinkedIn was all you know brands and sports industry and you know sourcing from the Far East and all mm. that kind of stuff so I had to kind of change all that change all my network um and originally you see my my story was like oh yeah I've always been interested in tech I'd kind of worked with a few coders um thought it might be interesting you know that's as good as my narrative was and then obviously talking to you guys it then became you know I was involved in digital projects. My my interest was heightened, uh, and therefore I decided to take you know take the step to to learn more about it. And you know mm. I love learning and that kind of stuff. And so yeah. it's more of a compelling story, um, especially through the in- interviewing, you know, for roles. Yeah, no, and that's that's it's great advice that you gave. But obviously your circumstances, like you really didn't make life easy for yourself between a renovation, a newborn, the, the course, and then the pandemic. So there was a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, like I kind of finished college in the height of the pandemic as well. And I was like, oh God, right. what do I do now? <laughs> like, it's, and you just, you don't want to take a leap and do anything because we didn't know what was going on outside or how long it was going to last or anything else. So no, exactly. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt there, John. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, my next question to you, John, is: What did you struggle with most during the diploma, and how did you overcome that? Now, I know you said JavaScript was kind of your mountain, but it doesn't have to be like a coding issue. It it can be anything, you know, during that time. Well, like I kind of touched on, I probably well through circumstance and probably 
you know at the end of the day when you've when you've young kids like off you know they come first they just do mm. um so you know there was an aspect of you know I would because of circumstances I would have put things off to a degree because mm. because of you know things that were going on you know when when the back of your house is hanging off <laughs> uh, you know you have to it, it does focus your mind quite a lot yeah um but I think I think when I run into issues I would try and battle through you know thinking oh, oh I should be able to do this mm. I, I should be able to do enough googling to find out and and sometimes you just need some fresh eyes or someone to mention you know because when you reach out to um you know the the tutors they don't spoon feed you mm. they they kind of point you to finding out the answer which if you know you don't want to be spoon fed because you want to feel like you you know you figured it out to a degree yourself mm. um, but sometimes you just need it oh have you considered this have you you know and we we have that at work now all the time where you speak to a more experienced developer and he'll say oh have you considered you know what's going to happen there where the page reloads and then mm. you go oh yeah yeah I need to do you know so yeah um so yeah I think trying to tough it out yourself rather than reaching out sooner uh, and and asking for help because there's you know even even experienced developers ask for help mm. so you shouldn't you know should never be afraid to ask yeah no and and you're so right saying that and you know you almost just waste time then you know trying to figure it out yourself when there are yeah. those resources there so why not avail of them but I like what you said that they don't speak they don't spoon feed you which is honestly such like it's something that you have to learn in life that you know not everything is going to be figured out for you and they're not going to hand you a solution but learning really? how to figure that out yourself is so much more beneficial for you in the long run because it'll benefit you for years to come just being like okay remember when that happened and I had to figure that out myself like it sticks with you then when you have to figure it out yourself whereas if someone just tells you the answer it gives you a solution you don't even you don't take time to even think twice about it just like oh yeah grand that's done you know so it makes yeah. sense yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, you know, a more experienced developer, they'll just go through a, a system of checks. Yeah. You know, so so often often for, you know, when I was, if something wouldn't work, I would just say, oh, that doesn't work. Mm. But I wouldn't look at, I wouldn't think, oh, yeah, well, I must look in the console and look for the errors. Mm. It, because often they'll just, somebody, a tutor would just say, what errors are you getting? And then it would be, oh, I'm getting a, an error with a, with a code. We'll put the error code in Google and it'll tell you, tell yeah. you what the answer is. Yeah. you know all the all the common causes of that error mm. um and you know i remember i think it was my third project where it wouldn't deploy and it was like 2am i was speaking to somebody in canada i think on on tutor sport and she said oh you know what what errors are you getting and i googled the error and it's because in one of the files i mm. had a i had a space so that so white space actually caused the error Oh my and so, 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 oh yeah, oh yeah, well yeah, <laughs> but then I've never done that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, it really it makes you learn from your mistakes so much more. I remember when um I first start working here, and I do bring it up a lot on the on the podcast. But I done the five day coding challenge just out of interest to kind of you know learn a bit more about coding itself because obviously I'm a complete coding novice. Like I've I've no <laughs> idea about anything. Um, but like like that. I think I don't know what day it was but I was sitting staring at the screen and I was like what is knocking this off like why is it not working and maybe I'm just not patient enough but oh my god it drove me mad I, just, I had to get up and walk away from the screen for a while I was like I'm going my eyes are going square looking at it it was awful but but that's often the way that's yeah. often the way I mean I would say 50% of things I've solved when I'm not at the screen mm. yeah I've, I've gone off and doing something else because 
you know, and I think it is a thing. I think I think there's a it goes you you're relying on the memory of the problem mm. ra- rather than looking at it in front of yeah. you. And therefore, you f- you probably you think of it in a more abstract way, and mm. that, and you go you go more back to first principles, and that helps your soul. Um, because at, at the time it's either you walk away or you you know you smash the computer yeah. or something. So. <laughs> I remember when I finished it, I was like, no. I I want that certificate like I'm putting that on my LinkedIn to say that I finished that <laughs> and the lads are like okay Megan we'll get it over to you don't worry <laughs> I was like honestly it's it's a big achievement and so my respect for coders is through the roof um so my next question to you John is what supports in Code Institute helped you get through this I know we spoke talked about career support and tutor support but you know is there anything else you want to you want to mention on that well, I think when I was doing the course, uh, the, the sort of channel leads in Slack um, were a relatively new thing because I've, I've, you know, I'm still, I still dip in from time to time, and I, mm. and I see there's a lot, there's way more going on than there used to be. Now, you know, that could be pandemic, pandemic led because, you know, not many people um, mm. can meet meet up. But, um, but yeah, you know, um, you know, definitely. You know, tutor support or and the men, the mentor inside. Um, yeah. You know, re- you know, really. If it wasn't for my mentor, I, I wouldn't have finished. Mm. It's as simple as that because I was so out of time at the end, and he just said, like my my last project. You know, it didn't look great, but mm. it it worked, and he just said, like functionality is king. So make sure you can select a product, put it in the basket, check out, pay for it, and and it works, mm. and and it did. And it got, you know, it it still doesn't look great because I've not not revisited <laughs> it, but um, um, keep meaning to. But you know, it's just one of those things. And yeah, the you know mentor was was brilliant because he just said, "Make it work." All yeah. you, all it has to do is work. He said, you, "It could make you could make it look great, mm. and and it not work." So you know, imagine you you presenting this to a client and it doesn't mm. work. It's easy to present something that works and say we can make it look obviously much much better cosmetically but if it just looked great but nothing worked then how would the client go away from that meeting and yeah. he said that's what you what's what you've got to do mm. so it was down it was down to him just to say because I think if I left to my own devices I'd have just made it look good and uh, it looked it looked okay but it, it just wasn't as I wanted it but I think I think that's another thing is that sometimes good enough's good enough yeah um and, and as he said prioritize the functionality so make it make it work and then you can always put that future development would be to obviously improving the, the mm. layout and cosmetics. Yeah, no, that, and that's really good advice, especially for people like, you know, that might be coming up to like project submission or something like that. And and maybe, I don't know, is it something that like when you're kind of getting into coding is the look of projects something that you hone in on a little bit too much as a newbie that you're just like, oh, it needs to look great as well as work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. I think you do because obviously the problem is, you you know, you look at all, you know, don't go on Apple's website because, you, <laughs> you know, because they have all these scrolling things that happen when, you know, the, the images come in as you scroll. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you kind of, you almost focus on that, depending on your, probably depending on your background. I mean, because I used to develop products and I develop packaging, mm. then I'd be involved in packaging layout and all that. So I would be drawn to layout. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the best drawer in the world, but mm. I can look at a layout and say what's good, what's bad, what I'd improve, yeah. are the colours right, that kind of stuff. But yeah, you don't want to kind of, 
I mean, they do say try and emulate websites that you see in the wild to mm. to improve your own coding, but it's more from the point of view like how would you make, how would you code that layout? Mm. Um, but like you know, some of the scrolling effects, like I said, on things like on Apple are just unreal because they have mm. about you know a hundred images that are all coming in and you know doing weird stuff, um, and it's just too far too soon. So yeah, it's uh, you know because even now in work we do you know when we sit with the client we would do. A proof of concept so it won't look great but it'll work yeah and that's and that's what's important because that forms the discussion you know like uh you know minimum viable product because often often at the time you're talking to them they don't even have a style guide for what it's going to mm. look like so so there's no point in making sure the colors are you know close to their brand colors or whatever because they could even be going through a rebrand mm. which means if if none of that's available what's important is the functionality and does it work so yeah so that's what you should focus on yeah and that's great advice I hope that like anyone listening if you're a bit bogged down on on how your project's looking just as long as it's working that's half the battle so thank you very much John this is probably my favorite question of the podcast because it's just such a nice you know kind of realistic reflection on on your time so far and was the risk worth the reward for you John Mm. oh 100% 100% 100% like I said, I think it's because I chose it. Yeah. I think I think with my previous career, I kind of fell into it, not mm. you know, not really knowing what what I was getting myself into, and um, kind of you know, when things change so much, I mean, obviously, e-commerce has grown so much, and I think the pandemic has accelerated that. You know, you know, digital transformation is just enormous because mm. of the of the lessons that companies learn from um, the pandemic in terms of they'll probably always plan to transform, you know, more of their things to online. But, um, you know, now they've signed up a lot of new users that probably won't leave. Um, so, you know, and, you know, certain brands um, have gone really heavy into digital transformation, which means, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're controlling a lot of their, you know, they're not using resale partners anymore. They're doing it themselves. So, so yeah, I mean, now it doesn't feel like a risk because, you know, I'm into my first role you know I'm it's not theoretical anymore it's you know I'm I'm working in tech so. yeah yeah I'd say it's so nice to look back or like you know after talking today kind of about things that tripped you up and struggles you had during the course I'd say it's it's lovely to look back now in your job and in this comfortable position and you know that like you made the right decision to be like just that feeling of calm to be like oh thank god that's done and you know it was so worth it well yeah I mean you know looking at LinkedIn every day is is a tough is a, if that's your kind of job inverted commas mm. you know when you're looking for a job I mean the job hunt um I'm sure we'll get onto that but um you know the job hunt is it's a grind it's a job in itself yeah. um no, and, espe- and especially I mean a job hunt's tough at the best of times but when you're switching careers you're kind of having to you know build a whole you know a, a whole story around like mm. your, your journey in a sense mm. and so and and it's uncertain because you you know often you don't know what you're getting into in terms of you know will there be a tech challenge um you know will I have to code live or or anything like that and you know you can really stress yourself out with that kind of stuff yeah um and then it just obviously depends on what what so you know I suppose it depends on the degree of your switch across mm. like you know I've come you know from a completely different industry um and skill set to to tech whereas if you're making more of a gentle move, then it's probably a, a bit more straightforward. Yeah. 
and that actually that is is my next question for you like we want to talk a little bit about like you know life after the diploma and the job point and I know that you kind of said that you left careers until like later on when you had finished so do you want to tell us a little bit about your job point and and how you got that kicked off? Yeah so as I said I, I finished the course at the end of 2020 so it was probably early 21 when I could get the appointment for mm. with careers but as I was saying, I, I needed to switch over all my LinkedIn to be more tech mm. you know, relevant. And then the kind of the networking bit. But I think the the careers webinars were, were you know, invaluable to me because one, it punctuated your week with something to hang out with people on. Two, mm. you made loads of connect you, you made loads of connections because everyone would drop their you know, their LinkedIn into into the chat. And then even the um, you know the guests that you know they'd always say oh yeah link in with me um, mm. you know so I'd ask a few questions or I remember asking the guy from was it DV8 um, yeah he I said to him kind of like what you know should we put junior developer should we put full stack developer what what should we put and he said well I would put junior or you'll get loads of you know loads of jobs coming your way for senior developer or, or things like that. But he said the big issue you have is you need to stand out because on paper you all look the same. Mm. Um, and so that was great advice. And then I had, you know, networking was slow at the beginning, but then I even had people reaching out to me saying, oh, I used to recruit in in tech. Um, if you want to have a session and we can go for your CV. Um, no way. More, yeah, more than happy to. Um, oh, I forget his name, but there's a guy from, it's called The Full Stack, and mm. they they kind of um you can share your projects on there and people will comment on them and mm. and and give you advice and that kind of stuff but yeah you gave up for like a whole like two hour block on a friday afternoon and we went through my cv and i'd actually got a gap between finishing the course and then kind of when i was speaking to him and he just said you, you know you need something in there of, mm. that you do you're doing in tech and i'd actually started doing the website for my kids school and so he said well put that down there your client they might not be paying you but that's your client so yeah. you're delivering for a client mm. and you know and I'd done all like Figma designs for them and, and all that kind of stuff for them to sign off on stuff so he said yeah just put all that in and then funnily enough when um Genesis were doing like they do a background check on you and they need a character reference well I was dealing with the vice principal of the school so she was mm. my character reference so it was perfect <laughs> wow but it, it, it's the power of networking. Like since I, I start working here and obviously I connect with lots of students and like, you know, different people that we have on as guests for the seminars and stuff, like my whole feed is just like flooded with, you know, tech, every like coders, web developers, everything, like probably one in every 10 swipes I do, I'll find something not tech related. And yeah. it's great. It just shows how easy it is though to kind of flood your network with that field that you're interested in. And and that's that makes all the difference. You'll start popping up in people's feeds then as well. And and it's all the same. Like I think a lot of people are almost scared to post on LinkedIn or you know react to something or comment on someone's post or something. But yeah. you know, everyone does it. And as soon as you start using it properly, like I'm honestly I go on LinkedIn more than any other social media now. Like I, oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, sitting down the evening, like, what's everyone up to? Has anyone landed a new job lately? Let me congratulate yeah, yeah. someone. And it's it's a lovely community. I think it's really really nice. Well, yeah, it's not it's not who you're connected to. It's it, it's who they're connected to. Yeah. in a lot in a lot of ways, because you know, I'm convinced when people reach out to me, it's because I'm connected to someone they're connected to. Mm. 
Um, and I think it, it was definitely the case with, you know, with my job hunt for the role I've landed, they reached out to me. The recruiter mm. from Genesis reached out to me. Um, oh, the dream. <laughs> I, well, yeah, but and, and I also had COVID at the time. So like I was two days into, oh, um, my you know, God. too isolated from the rest of the family. So I was, a, you know, I was, I was a very captive audience and I was, mm. you know, I was doing my best replies on LinkedIn. And, you know, I think that bit was very new to me, the kind of, you know, even going through that process of, you know, even contacting them back to say, like, oh, you know, thanks for thanks for your time today and all that kind mm. of stuff. You know, all the stuff you're told to do, which, you know, obviously someone of my age is, is a bit alien to, you know, in the mm. past I would apply for a job and then wait, you know, because yeah. that's just, the, that was just the mindset. Mm. And now, now it's more make your own opportunities. Approach people and say, oh, I'm interested in getting into this, into this area, you know, what would help me and, um, you know, look for people that have made the similar move. So, mm. you know, if, if you're interested in a particular company or, you know, you're interested in front end like that, and then look for front end plus the company you're interested in and yeah. or, or see where they, those people came from and then think, well, you know, they obviously employ juniors, so I've probably got more chance, um, you know, maybe find out if that company is, is, is hiring um, yeah. in that kind of way. But then another one for me is is meetup. You know, when I when I was job hunting, I, and actually I'd see a lot of Code Institute people at these meetups in, mm. in Dublin, and we were all going through it together. So we were, you know, comparing horror stories of you know being ghosted, <laughs> being ghosted or a tech test you couldn't do, or mm. um, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then there was probably three or four of us that all landed roles at the same time. Um, yeah. and it's kind of like you know the the same boat syndrome, you know, which they're not telling you anything you don't know but you're all you don't feel that you're going through it alone and, yeah. and that's a massive and that's a massive thing really mm. and that that is that's act, like it's basically the message I want to put out with these podcasts you know that like everyone goes through it but it's I think it's so nice to hear it from someone's perspective that has has been through the course and has done it all and had the struggles like that's kind of the most common feedback I'm getting on them at the moment like I, the one was released um just on Wednesday there and I you know I popped up on Slack to say that there's a new episode out and the feedback is constantly like this it's so motivating hearing from people that have been through the course and you know that yeah. like it really gave me that kick that I needed or I can really relate to this one and it's exactly what we wanted it to do you know and I'm so glad that people are are getting that from it so you know like you said like your meetups and stuff maybe people live in kind of an area where they can't go to these meetups but at least you're you're hearing from someone that's been through the course that you like you might not feel comfortable reaching out on Slack and ask for advice or something. So yeah. here it is for you at your fingertips. You know, feel reassured from this. Sure, absolutely. No, I mean it was a it was a massive help just for there was one tech challenge I did. Um, I had to build a whole blog app in in Node, and I'd never I didn't even know Node, so I had to mm. learn about Node, build a blog app, submitted it, and then I got no feedback at all, like nothing, and then I chased it got a message back from the recruiter saying oh, I'll follow it up for you and then they switched companies and I never heard from them again in fact the only feedback I've had so far on that project was um during the interview process for Genesis when the tech team lead went into that project and he didn't he, he looked at the code he didn't look at the, the final product mm. and he went oh actually he said oh this is really good no <laughs> so, way <laughs> so, so it just it just shows like Make sure you leave, you know, anything you build that's good, leave it in your, leave it in your LinkedIn, uh, sorry, yeah. leave it in your, your GitHub because, yeah, he just went, oh, this is really good. 
Yeah. I, I, I like what you've done there on this particular bit of code and, and whatever. And yeah. So, you know, it, I got feedback eventually, but it just mm. wasn't at the time I was expecting it. Yeah. But it's such a, that's such a prime example of, you know, you probably felt at the time that that was such a waste of time, but it was still experience and it still got you that exposure to know. And, you know, then it was on your GitHub and it, it, it benefits you down the line. So like you said, just make sure to pop anything up on, on your GitHub yeah. show how you've worked through it. And it's a great talking point in interviews. I always tell people to get involved in hackathons and stuff. So they have this project that they've worked on start to finish that it's their own and they can, they can, basically veer a conversation and interview about this and you know talk about it with confidence well yeah i mean i mean hackathons actually um i only ended up doing one because of my meandering um route through the course but um <laughs> but that was a great experience because mm. you would you would you were collaborating on github you know doing pull requests and that kind of mm. stuff and you know because i was on there as an alumni i mean a couple of the guys had not even done done python yeah mm. so we, we chose a solution in python which meant i was kind of the lead and i'd not coded any python for about a year yeah so but it meant that um because of what we did in that there was there was enough of us to kind of understand um mm. you know where we wanted to go with the, what we were doing i then implemented some of the features back into some of my own projects just to brush up my python but again you know to go go through an interview process where you say I go to meetups or I'm active in a community. I do hackathons and, and all that kind of stuff. It it can only be good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. No bad can come for them. And it's, it's, you make friends, you have a bit of fun. It's over a couple of days and then you have this great project. The end. like, there's literally no negative outcome to it at all. And even if you don't like come for a second, third, whatever, you still can pop it up in your LinkedIn. There's a post there. It might interest someone. It might get someone yeah, it might yeah. like, you know, perk someone's interest in you. Then you have it on your GitHub. You know, there's so many great outcomes of it, no matter how well you do on the day. And some of people continue on after the hackathons and keep working on their projects as a team as well, which I think is lovely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, you know, every time, I go to a meetup and see, you know, the Code Institute guys that, you know, a, a, a couple I work with on on the hackathon, mm. you know, we, we're always straight over to each other for a chat. Um, so, yeah, it's good. And like, you know, I'd say the last probably two or three meetups I've been to in Dublin, I've seen mm. a lot, a lot of the same people and yeah. they're all. And and they all know, you know, oh, yeah, you're at Genesis, aren't you? How are you getting on? And, yeah. Uh, and I ask them about, how, you know, the, you know, you may talk about some issues you're having with something and, Oh, how did you get through that? And you know, they tell you the story of how it was solved and and whatever. Uh, so, um, no, it's good. I mean, I really enjoy being you know involved in 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 sort of the social side of it as well. Yeah. So, John, my next question is, and I know we did kind of talk about the interview process and some kind of things you've went through, but was genesis so t talk to me a little bit about your your prep for your job interviews and job searches and stuff and like tell me a little bit about, about like the how it kind of came about with genesis and how it went from there yeah so the job searching thing would be like i was mentioning before where you might think of oh is there a company i'm interested in or you know you if you know that you're more interested in front end or back end then you you try and filter things down to be be front end or back end or and then trying to reach out to people that are either doing those roles um in the company that you're targeting or or, or just you know just generally like in your area so you mm. know putting front end developer dublin or or whatever 
of course, ever, initially everybody applies for roles and then here's nothing and then they wonder why it's a surprise. Um, you just have to network. You have mm. to network. You know, that's the only way to go because I always think it's a bit like a, a state agent's window that <laughs> it, it's not up to date. So the stuff in the window is just stuff they've had on the books at some point and it's it probably been sold. Mm. So, so the kind of all the job boards are, there's lots of motivations for having jobs on job boards and open jobs is might not be one of them. So you just have to network and, you know, and reach out and it's hard, but then that's why the webinars are so important because if you've got an industry partner on there that you can, you have a reason to reach out to them, then reach out to them mm. because you never get a better opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's a lot better than just hitting somebody up on LinkedIn that you've, you know, you've no, no clue about. Mm. Um, and just to coldly sort of introduce yourself, but you know, and and probably you know, probably keep in mind that your narrative is going to evolve de- depending on the the magnitude of your change from one career to another. Your narrative is going to change until you. But the only way it improves is if you actually tell people your narrative, and then mm. you can get advice on how to hone it down to you know, like mine is more of being involved in projects and now got sufficiently enough interest to actually choose to learn and I want to learn going forward and keep learning mm. and and that's way more compelling is of what well, it was always felt like a bit of an undone that I wanted to get into tech mm. um but yeah I mean like I said I um I was ghosted I, there was tech challenges I couldn't do but I would just take from from all of those experiences like you know you can google how to prepare for a, for an interview and it'll be things like you know know this about javascript so know the kind of like you know array methods and lots of different aspects of you know at, at least know these things so at least mm-hmm. you know those you can control that because you can you can practice them and, and you know just do that don't worry about like oh what if i what if i'm asked to code live well you might not mm. you know you can ask about the format of the interview so ask them about the format of the interview then they can tell you oh yes it'll involve some live coding mm. or it might not it's probably unlikely at junior level to have a live coding interview. Take-home tests are more prevalent, but then obviously with the like with the emergence of things like Chat GPT, then I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen with that. But but the thing is, there's no point, you know, even with a take-home challenge, there's no point cheating on it or getting somebody else to do it because you're going to have to explain it because they'll mm. they will say why did you write that function? What does this function do? And if you don't know, then you'll be found out. So I would say, you know, ask loads of questions about, you know, the format in terms of, you know, you know, who's it with, what will it involve? If there's a take-home challenge, then great. Then it's probably that you'll get some general questions about coding, but you won't probably be asked to whiteboard a solution or anything like that. Mm. But but at the end of the day, you know, if you if you crash and burn on an interview, it's all experience. So yeah, you just have to. It, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, just keep going. Whatever knocks you get, you just have to keep going. Um, mm. You know, like you said, I I was ghosted, but at some point that project was was important because I got good feedback in another process, which helped to land a role. Yeah. But yeah, like um, you know, with with Genesis, they they reached out, but straight away I asked, you know, why in particular have you reached out? Because you know, you get recruiters all the time that reach out, and it's probably because it's the you know they've done some sort of search and you've come up in a search result. Mm. But 
but it was more considered than that because she said it's actually your previous career that I'm interested in because the role that I want to talk to you about is customer facing. Mm. So my, you know, all the dealing with vendors and and uh, all that kind of thing from my previous life meant that I've got the soft skills to be in front of a client discussing what their requirements are for for the solution we're trying to build mm. for them. And then, yeah, I just asked loads of questions, you know, why did you reach out? What was it about my profile? And she and she told me all this. And my confidence mm. level went right up because it's not just about the coding. It, mm. It's about the whole thing. So obviously then the coding thing, I asked, you know, what format and that kind of kind of way. And there was a take-home challenge and it was and it was like finally, you know, one I could do relatively comfortably. There was some Googling involved, but it's mm. just because there was there were some aspects that I'd never come across before. And then in, in the actual interview, the tech lead, he'd give you immediate feedback. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I've never seen it done that way. That kind of, and your confidence just lit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, um, it was a great process. It always felt very collaborative. It, it never felt like they were putting me on the spot or, or anything like that. And then, you know, I even had the final stage with a guy, he was a director in the US. And like within the first 30 seconds, he said, I can't code, so don't worry. I'm just chat. <laughs> I'm just going to talk to you, and and so immediately you just you know you you kind of relax in the chair, and we yeah. just had a nice a nice chat like this, and then and then he even said to me, oh, I just think I should let you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you forward, mm. um, without without reservation. So, you know, fantastic. Wow, and like John, that was like that was such good advice there. I think a lot of people are almost scared to ask questions when it comes to interviews or, or applying for jobs and stuff because they feel like like it's not some big secret, like it's not some big test, you know. And like that, I'm, I'm sure the recruiter appreciated you asking these questions. So you were clear going in. And like you said, it was just all these things that like lifted your confidence. And again, another thing you mentioned was it was your previous role and had your LinkedIn not have been up to date. And, you know, I kind of yeah. think of LinkedIn as like your online CV and it has to flow like it has to tell your story and kind of build this character of yourself that while your main focus now is tech all the things that happened before that are still just as important and it was great that that was one of the reasons that you know she reached out to you because you were like oh I know this stuff like like the back of my hand you know yeah yeah. so you know going into an interview you, you automatically felt like yep I have an upper hand here you know I you know I fit this role well which it's just you couldn't ask for more like and like you said your interviews they went well you know you could talk through everything and the the guy that you met that had no experience in coding I'd say you just felt like a weight has been taken off your shoulders you were like oh okay it's just a conversation with a normal person like yeah yeah because <laughs> I didn't I didn't even realize that that was a stage because um, yeah. all it was was he was the counterpart of my then man you know the manager I came mm. in under um he was a counterpart and because my manager was going on holiday. Mm. So it was just a stage that I didn't even realize was there. So I was thinking, why am I speaking to a guy in the US? <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah. Um, I mean, they even came back and said, would you consider maybe a hybrid role where you, where you do development plus project management because mm. of my previous experience, because a lot of my team, they we're, we're all mainly um, career switches. In fact, there's an ex code Institute, um, guy on my team as well no way yeah yeah so um and and obviously 
you know, Carolina, yeah. you know, Carolina's at Genesis as well. Cause I, I also reached out to her when I got the approach, mm. I, I said, tell me about Genesis and she was amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, telling me, Oh, it's such a great company. The culture's great and all that mm. kind of stuff. Plus, you know, this is how I'd approach. Cause obviously she used to be a recruiter. So she mm. was like, ask about this, do this, you know, and yeah. that kind of stuff. So, um, you've just got to don't be afraid to kind of ask for help of anybody because people want to help you. Yeah, because you know everyone needs a leg up at some point, so you know just ask. Yeah, no, and it, it's so true. Like like that, your network. You knew Carolina. You knew that she worked in Genesis, and like Carolina is so nice. She's constantly giving advice to people whenever they ask. People don't mind; like they want to help you. And I think it's always so nice seeing like a couple of Code Institute graduates in the same place. Because I'm like, oh, it must just. Kind of make it that bit easier as well to be like, oh, you know, there's a few more of of me in there, you know. I can, yeah, just, yeah, yeah it, and it's lovely. Like it's the same with with Paul King. Like I'm, he's in Google and he's constantly getting messages off people about the apprenticeship, just being like, hey, you know, like can I give some pointers? And in fairness to Paul, like he is brilliant. He, I don't think he's ever left someone unanswered. Anytime I'm no. speaking to someone about Google, they're like, oh yeah, I was talking to Paul. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> poor Paul. <laughs> But people, people do, they just want to help. And, you know, like that, don't be afraid to message someone. If you see someone in a similar role to yourself in the company, you know, connect with them, like reach out to them, see what they're doing, see what they've done beforehand. And, you know, you get to feel for it a bit more than yourself. But, but wow, that, it sounded like a big success with Genesis. So I'm not surprised that it's going so well for you, John. Yeah, well, actually, since, I mean, I only joined last June mm. and then, we had some changes pre um, pre Christmas and then early January. I was asked to do a step up role to actually lead the team. So, wow. So I'm so I'm I'm kind of like a player manager. So I'm developing, but I'm leading as well. Mm. Um, and so I'm leading a team of four. Wow, and that's like so, that's so so quick after starting as well. Like it's it says know, a lot well, about yeah. you, which is great. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock because when when a VP reaches out to you on a Friday afternoon and says, can we have, can we have a catch up? I was a bit worried. <laughs> so I'd say that was a nice outcome then after the call. Pleasantly surprised. Um, my wife works from home as well. So she was like, what was that all about? And I went, oh, I've been asked, I've been asked to do this. She said, oh, phew, that's good then. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, John, do you want to tell me just kind of, this is the last question now, and then we'll get on to something a little bit lighter and, you know, just to wrap up. But do you want to tell us a little bit about like your current position in the company? And I know you said, you know, you're a team lead now and stuff, but, you know, it's, it's your first job in tech. So do you want to tell us a little bit about like, what you get up to on a day-to-day and, and how it is? Yeah, so what we do is um, Genesis has, you know, the the kind of foundation of the company is call center software, but now it's now we've moved into more into digital. It's um, we embed our solutions into to client websites. So a lot of it is around, it's normally in two parts. So, you know, like when you go on a website and it's like frequently asked questions, well, that is kind of like a knowledge base that sits behind in, in the background so mm. you know you click on that and it will bring back the answer to you know where would a and it would let's think of an example um oh i need a spare part for my vacuum cleaner mm. let's say um they don't want to be answering that on the phone the whole time so they put it in the frequently asked questions mm. so you can, you can click on that and it'll tell you um and then the other side of that is ai bots so you can actually do a more more detailed search 
you know, search for other things. Um, it, it can ask you questions and mm. you can then, you know, respond to those. And then whatever your responses are, it can then surface your information or indeed route you to an agent um, in their call center to then help you further. Mm. But obviously the, the ideal at the moment is experiences are delivered digitally rather than having to rely on, on call centers. Mm. So we work with clients to embed these solutions into their, their websites, or I've actually worked on one when it was a solution for agents. So they were working, it, it was just basically to serve information to to agents because of the sector that they're in, they have, it's very regulated. Mm. So they, a lot, a lot of the stuff that they have to say is, is, is scripted because of the implications of yeah. not getting it 100 correct mm. so it, it was a solution that was agent facing rather than end consumer facing and mm. um, so that was an interesting one because obviously the requirements were a lot different and we had to you know there's a base out of the box solution but then you can tailor you can tailor the solution to you know take variables out of the, out of the web page so if it's an authenticated user you can you know you can take out the you know the user object and then use that to you know deliver content accordingly mm. It's it is it's it's interesting though as well and like that's so different to what you did before like you know <laughs> I'd say like when you first started you're like oh my god information overload well yeah because initially you you don't know the product um mm. and then you know so you've you you know I was onboarded remotely so that's harder it's harder mm. in some ways but then equally you know, in those first few weeks when you're supposed to be looking busy yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you've only got your, you know, you're, you're at home, yeah. you, you don't need to, you don't need to look busy to anybody, but if you were <laughs> in an office, you know, then it'd be, it'd be a lot tougher, but then you do miss being remote. You do miss those kind of like older over the shoulder. Oh, can you just come and have a look at this? I can't get this bit of code to work, mm. you know, from, from a more experienced member of the team. Yeah. Um. So you, you miss those kind of things. Um. You know, I've recently been to Galway. Um, to our head office there uh, and it, you know it's a new office um, we've you know we've moved offices that there was one there previously mm. um, but it's a great space and there's a real buzz about the place and yeah and um, we've also because all my team are remote and we've all said like we would um we'd really love to go down you know more regularly to mm. to, to feel more part of the company because you yeah. do feel you you know, being a remote worker, and you are offered. We were offered the choice, and again, that's what I couldn't believe when when the recruiter reached out. She said, "You can do hybrid office space or fully remote." You know, would that be okay? And I went, "It's me." <laughs> <laughs> it's it it is. It's just the new work world, though. You know, it's so like yourself. When I started this job, I went from like a full time on site in the office five days a week to being onboarded fully remote and I remember my first day like I was sitting ready on the laptop at nine o'clock and I was like what do I do <laughs> like I was no, like no. what am I doing today like where do I go and it it's tough like it's it's hard and then when you meet your team members in person for the first time it's like meeting them all over again it's like it's strange yeah. but I think we've all I think we've all in fairness to us have adapted to it quite well and you know we go into the office one day a week now and like that it's nice now I obviously I live quite close to the office so it's not much of a trek for me obviously you couldn't be going down to Galway once a week but um, no, no. but it, it is it, it's nice just to have your team your team there with you to be like oh sorry actually I meant to ask you about this like has that been done and it just it makes it a little bit easier and it breaks up the week as well it's nice like it's nice to move out of the house for a couple of hours 
Well, yeah, I think it's about balance, isn't it? You know, I think there's a lot of talk at the moment about, you know, you get the extremes where, you know, you've got the likes of Elon Musk forcing people back into the office. And yeah. then um, and then you get the other end where it's kind of companies are just trying to make it as attractive as possible mm. to try to, you know, to suggest that people go back. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, you do get, you know, you get... Um, you get to also meet that a lot of the, you know, like we met people with products that, that actually build the product mm. and, and then other aspects about, you know, what's future and, you know, what's happening in the future. You get more of a, you get more of a feel for where the company's going and, and mm. what's involved and, you know, how we're going to be a part of that. Whereas if you're just working in your silo at home, you know, just as a remote worker that, you know they don't send stuff out on email about this stuff it's mm. and you can build build those relationships you know networking again yeah you know net, networking with people in other teams that mm. because you never know down the line um if a, if an opportunity came up in a team and they already know you from visiting the office yeah um you know then you've already got a foot in the door so mm. Great. Well, thank you so much, John, for all your insights and telling us about your story and, and congratulations as well. You know, it's, no, thanks. Yeah, no problem. it's been a, it's been a big 360 for you and, you know, you've nailed it in fairness, you know, you're doing great. So congrats on that. But um, what I'm going to do next is I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast before, you're familiar with the quick fire round. So it's just something nice to kind of wrap up. It's six questions. I John has not seen these. None of my guests see them beforehand. And it's just something nice to kind of finish on a lighter note and, okay. you know, get a bit more of a feel for you as a person outside of coding and work and Code Institute. So are you ready for your questions, John? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Question one is, what is your death row meal? Oof. <laughs> That's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> I would probably say, I would probably say curry. Oh, man, um, after my own heart. Um, Probably a spicy one, then it'll probably take you a long time to eat it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, curry. It's uh, I like a lot of foods, to be honest, but, um, yeah, curry is particularly uh, yeah. up there. So, uh, yeah, it'd have to be a curry and, and, and a naan bread, definitely. I was just going to say with all the sides, chips, rice, naan bread. <laughs> <laughs> chips as well, wow. Oh, yeah, the more the merrier. I am a big fan for a curry, so... I respect that answer. The question two is what is your favorite season? Not Netflix season now, like winter, summer. Oh, autumn. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, my, my birthday's in the summer, so I'd probably say summer. Yeah, it's a given when you live in Ireland, you know, you have to lap it up the little bit of sun that we do get. It, it, is there a summer in Ireland? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> our version of a summer is like another country's warm winter. Question three, have you ever met anyone famous? I have. Um, obviously, I was in the sports industry, so I've met a lot of footballers, rugby players, tennis players. Probably given my age, you won't have heard of any of them. Um, <laughs> but I would say I used to work for Adidas. And uh, on my first day, I met Johnny Wilkinson, who used to play rugby for, for England. And he, he even held the door open for me. So uh, there we go. Um, oh, nice. But then I think uh, someone you will have heard of, uh, I was based in London when I was in, in, in Bayern. And, mm. uh, but I'm a Sheffield United fan, so I went to a, a game against, um, I think it was Charlton, and mm. um, 
me and my boss, he was also from Sheffield, and uh, we got tickets through a supplier. So we were in the director's box, and uh, the door opened, and in walked Sean Bean. And he's a massive Sheffield United fan, so we were just chatting away to him, and he's like so down to earth. Oh, wow. So you've actually met a lot of famous people. You're really putting me to shame here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, just it comes with, you know, being in the sports industry, you you know, you meet, you know, you're at events when they'll turn up. So yeah. Just, yeah. Nice. Now, I don't want you to name drop anymore because I'm already jealous and I haven't met anyone <laughs> famous. Well, no one to that degree anyway. <laughs> so question four, John, what is your favorite animal? I'm a dog person. I don't have one, but we had them when I was a kid. The kid, obviously, my kids now want one, but yeah. um, to, to us, it'd be like getting another kid. So, yeah. um, so we're we're trying to hold off at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a dog person. Yeah, but honestly, you'll be one of those dads that doesn't want a dog, and then the dog comes, and you and the dog are best friends. Like, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, I know that. That's why. Yeah, that's why we're holding Putting it off. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, question five, John, what scares you? I think just, you know, obviously being a dad, you kind of, some stuff that the kids do that, you know, you know, you know, they could really hurt themselves. But yeah. You kind of, you're at that, like, do you intervene and explain that you yeah. might really hurt yourself or do you just let them hurt themselves? Yeah. <laughs> in, in a controlled, in a controlled way. But yeah, just uh, stuff that they do that, you know, they could yeah really hurt themselves, but yeah. might or might not. Um yeah no I have nieces and nephews and I can actually I can relate to that like the kids have no fear that's the thing like they will throw themselves off the shed and be like oh yeah that was a good idea like <laughs> I can't I can't even watch them on trampolines like I'm like oh my god they're gonna come up and over the net or you know they just they've no fear and that is the scariest part for parents aunties uncles grandparents everything they just oh totally yeah yeah, yeah. We, we were trampolines so yeah there's, there's plenty of that goes on yeah <laughs> And John, your final question: What is your favorite song? <laughs> you know, I don't so think hard. anyone has ever been able to just answer that immediately off the top of their head. No, because it, it there's so many factors, isn't there? I mean, I think there's the songs that remind you of people, places, times mm. in your life. I suppose there has to be a notable mention to uh, Snow Patrol chasing uh, chasing cars because that was our wedding song. Oh, great um, choice! And then at the party, uh, reef is it? Place your hands. Yeah, <laughs> that it just totally went off when that that was played. Um, but then I, you know, I was really into dance music when I was, you know, back in the day type of thing, <laughs> um, like Faithless and you know Insomnia and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I would say generally, where the streets have no name. <laughs> Now, John has just gave us five songs there. You have to go and listen to all five today and, and see which what you think of them all. I think it's a must at the end of every podcast that whatever the favourite song is, you have to go give it a listen and see, see what you think yourself. We're making, we're making a nice playlist here. If we just add all the songs that everyone suggested so far, we've really got something good going. So. That, could, that, that could be a new revenue stream, yeah. John, look, thank you so much for coming on. I've had such a ball chatting with you today and I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. Um, yeah, it's been good. Thank you. No problem at all. And look, you know, best of luck in the future. And I'm sure, no doubt, we'll be chatting again. Best of luck and thanks again. And thank you to all our listeners uh, for 
staying on this long and yeah there'll be a new episode out soon so stay tuned i'll talk to you all soon bye cheers megan thank you